0: This is Mind Escape. We have episode number 218 uh, tonight. We're going to be discussing, well, this will actually be part 4.3 of Mysteries of Metaphysics. And we'll be discussing ancient Greece and the evolution of, uh, from the megalithic sites of Mycenae all the way to the Greek temples. So we did do, I think, an episode on this as part of our ancient Greece series, which we didn't finish. And we'll get back to that probably at some point here in the near future. Uh but yeah, we're just jumping right back into it. Um before we get started, we do have a merch store now so you can either head on over to our website at com. There is a merch link there. Uh we've got shirts, mugs, hoodies, yeah, everything. I got some ton- uh some good designs we've got going on now too, so go check that out. Uh, We are still doing a giveaway, too, so if anybody is interested, they can go. Look at that shirt right there. That's the shirt we've got that we're going to give away at the end of the month.
1: I might buy one. Yeah. Maurice
0: Maurice might buy one of his own that he already bought. Um, So, yeah, if you want to enter to win that shirt, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, take a screenshot of it, and then send it to our email at mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. And we will enter you in to win. Also, if you're interested, go to patreoncom podcast for just two dollars a month. You'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. bunch of awesome stuff up there lately. We've got one with uh, Laura from uh, the megalith hunter on Malta. You know, talking about all the stuff on Malta, the the megalithic sites. Uh, I put one up there with Rick Strassman. Uh, we've got one with uh, our continuation of our What Was Soma episode with. Uh, Uh, Matthew Clark, who else? Laird Scranton, I just recently put one up there. I mean, we've got tons of good stuff, and there's tons of ones that we've done over the last few years as well, so go check that out. Uh, Also, before we get started, head on over to Indra'sWeb.org. This is a social media platform we created to connect open minds. Uh, It is not in the App Store yet, but if you're interested, it is a platform. You can go on there, set up a profile, and uh, start speculating, hypothesizing, theorizing, all that wonderful stuff. And, uh, yeah. How are you, Maurice? I'm doing well. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Also, just a side note, uh, my wife and I will be expecting our first child soon, so we're going to pre-record a bunch of episodes for the next couple of months. months. Uh, we'll just slowly trickle them out. Uh, so if we're not live for a little bit, that's why. We got to go. make a baby on board. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is baby merch, too, in the merch store, so go there check it out. Uh, and yeah, tonight we are going to do a slideshow episode. So if you're listening on one of the audio platforms and you haven't already, please check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, you know, leave us a like. We really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, if you are watching, here we go. All right. That's a little tease here. I've got the Giza plateau, but we're really going to be talking about ancient Greece. Yeah. Here's some terminology just before we get started. Uh, Acropolis, it's a site, city, or settlement built on top of elevated ground. Uh, Cyclopean is a pre-classical style of Greek masonry that, is u- that utilizes irregular massive blocks. Uh, within the Greek architecture uh, pantheon, you have Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian styles, which are orders of classical Greek architecture. And uh, Mycenaean—it's a period of ancient Greece that was the last phase of its Bronze Age. It spanned from sixteen hundred to eleven hundred BC. Uh, it, also, if you're interested, we did make like a short, kind of like a video, uh, kind of different than all obviously our podcast episodes. It's called the Origins of Ancient Greece. We talk about like Dascaleo, which is this uh, island off the coast in the Cyclades. Uh, And there's a lot of interesting stuff in there So if you're interested in this topic it kind of gives a little precursor to all the stuff we're going to be discussing So go check that out All right, so this kind of goes in chronological order Uh, So we'll just go through like the evolution of some of the megalithic sites and structures all the way to some of the later Greek temples so Uh, Delos um, is a UNESCO heritage site uh, it has significant cultural importance. Uh, it is a sacred site in regards to archaeology and mythology. Uh, there are stone huts on the island that suggest it has been inhabited since the 3rd millennium BC. Uh, Thucydides said that the original inhabitants were the Charon pirates uh, from the Anatolia region of Turkey. Uh, King Minos said is, sa- is said to have expelled all of them, all to Crete. Um, it is the the birthplace of the twin gods Apollo and Artemis um so in terms of Greece and the the stretch you know there's gonna be a lot of sites that are in western Turkey you know you have the where you get a lot of the uh Ionian stuff all the way all the way over to Italy and you have like you know southern Italy and Sicily and all the stuff over there so that's how big kind of the Greek empire stretched and uh yeah, it's got a lot of stuff there. So, Oh, yeah. Some of the uh, Delos landmarks are the Minoan Fountain, uh, the Terrace of the Lions, the Temple of the Delians, uh, the Sacred Lake, which is now dried out, uh, the Oikos of the Naxians, uh, the Doric Temple of Isis, uh, the Temple of Hera, the House of Dolphins, the House of Dionysius, uh, and the Delos Synagogue. The House of Dolphins, that actually sounds like something from the Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, the Um Do you remember any of this stuff or any of, you know, we did go over a lot of this stuff before. Actually, some of these are the exact same slides.
1: Yeah, the names are, are starting to trigger some, some concepts, but for me, I got to go over things a couple of times to remember them. <laughs> I don't have that memory like you do. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yeah, this is a lot of these slides are from the slideshow from our ancient Greece, megalithic structures uh, and temples episode that we did. Uh, but that was, I think, episode like 110 or something. So it was a long time long ago. A
1: long time ago.
0: Uh, let's see here. There's another, another picture of Delos. we got to go on a big
1: field trip one time, though. This would be amazing.
0: We'll go on this entire... We're going to recreate this this slideshow with with us standing in front of each structure. (laughs) Um, So here we have... A lot of people don't know there's pyramids in Greece. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not, obviously, as massive as the Giza pyramids or anything found in South America, but they're there nonetheless. Uh, This is the Pyramid of Hellenicon, So the Pyramid at Hellenicon, there is controversy surrounding the dating of this structure. Mainstream archaeologists suggest it was built sometime around the 4th or the 5th century BC as a tomb for the soldiers who fought for the throne of Argos. Thermoluminescence dating of the surface of the megalithic stones suggests a date of 2000 to 2500 BC. This would date it to roughly the time of the construction of the Great Pyramids of Giza. or The Great Pyramid of Giza. Uh, Ceramic shards were dated from 3,000 to 200 B.C., so there's a pretty pretty big gap there. Uh Uh, The entrance corridor aligns with the Orion's Belt from 2,000 to 2,400 B.C., and a new method for dating stone was applied and suggested date somewhere between the 4th and the 3rd millennium B.C. This was, however, discredited by archaeologists. No surprise. LOL. I must have put that in there a long time ago so the in terms of when this was actually built um I, i've heard lots of different things as i just mentioned um i'd say the safe bet would be the fourth or the fifth century bc but with all these things it's like who knows exactly yeah,
1: we don't want to be safe anymore we gotta <laughs> go morris
0: wants to push the envelope a little yeah before.
1: yeah you're darn right uh
0: here's the pyramid of helenicon from a different angle as you can see it's been crumbled in um And, uh, I'd say it's only got the bottom third of it, or maybe even half, like I would say between a third and a half left. So here's the uh, picture from the inside of it looking out again, if you are listening, this is a slideshow episode. So please check us out on YouTube. However, I will try and make it as interesting as possible. If you are listening, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. Okay, now we move on. <clears throat> Here's the Dragon House at Mount Ochi. No dating, suggested dating information, or speculation of the builders. Uh, no reference by ancient text or historians. Uh, it says from 2002 to 2004, the astrophysics department at the University of Athens made connections to Sirius dating it to 1100 BC. I mean, if you look at it, that looks... I mean, it looks like it's pretty precisely put together. I mean, it doesn't really look like there's any gaps. I can't really tell if there's any mortar in between those blocks or if they're just so tightly put together. It's hard to tell. Uh, But they do look perfectly put together, almost like somebody was playing uh, Tetris. Oh, yeah. All right. Now we get to uh, Mycenae. The Mycenaean sites of Mycenaean tyrants. Uh, the, Mycenae, uh, Mycenae, uh, <laughs> the Mycenaean period of ancient Greece was the last phase of its Bronze Age. It spanned from 1600 to 1100 BC. Mycenae was the uh, major fixture of Greek civilization. It was the first advanced civilization of Greece's mainland. In roughly 1315, 13, 1350 BC, the citadel at Mycenae had an estimated population of 30,000 people. Uh, Mycenae is an acropolis site at 900 feet above sea level. Uh, there are traces of Neolithic activity at Mycenae. In Greek mythology, Mycenae was founded by Perseus, um, which that's pretty interesting. Uh, Tyron's golden years, uh, which is the other... Um, Uh, site from this time period the Tyron's golden years were from 1200 to 1400 uh, BC Tyron's has Cyclopean tunnels and masonry Heinrich Schliemann uh, excavated the site Uh, ancient traditions say Cyclops built the walls uh, since he was a giant and he's the only one that could lift those stones obviously we know humans did it but that's interesting maybe there was just some guy named Cyclops just some massive guy
1: yeah, this is like the uh <laughs> like the, the mountain old, <laughs> Yeah, the old comics <laughs> skits we've been writing.
0: Uh this is the Megaron Foundation at Mycenae. As you can see, there's just a bunch of uh foundations and rubble there. So pretty interesting, but not really much to look at.
1: well actually what if Cyclops was like an organization, you know, of the best builders and they just they thought it was one yeah. guy. Well I name. know
0: there's some speculation too. When they found uh, woolly mammoth skulls, it looks like there's one big eye hole in front Uh of their skull. So there was speculation that that might have been like a person's skull, but obviously we know mastodons and woolly mammoths and stuff were just...
1: Well, that's obviously been embedded into their psyche because that's like what Hercules he fights the Cyclops
0: well and you also have to go like think about like ancient Greece too I think a lot of speculation on some of these gods Uh, they found like hippo bones and certain bones and I think that some of the speculation on what these gods were and who they were were based on finding some of these weird bones and not necessarily uh, putting two and two together in terms of you know these were animals and not something else right so I mean, we have we've talked about the whole entheogen psychedelic uh, component too, on the idea of like metaphysics and gods and stuff too. But I think it's fun to, you know, yeah, that's a good speculate tip. on other aspects as well. Uh huh. Um, so here we have the Royal Graves uh, Circle A. It's from the 16th century BC. Uh, this is at uh, Mycenae. Let's see here. So you can see, it's that main. It almost looks like a the like a pool foundation or something. Yeah. Um, let's see here. This is one of the more interesting ones. I like this. Uh, the Lion Gate or the Lion Gate. Uh, it's the main entrance to the citadel of Mycenae. It was built in 1250 uh, BC. Uh, it's the only existing monumental Mycenaean sculpture. Uh, which, as you can see, that's pretty ornamental above the lintel um, of the doorway. Uh, The megalithic cyclopean masonry uh, kind of goes around there, as you can see. Uh, It doesn't look as crude as other cyclopean walls, though. It looks like it's a little bit more. um, They fit it together a little bit better. Uh, The lion sculpture resembles imagery found at Kenosis, uh, which would be one of the Minoan sites, so that's kind of interesting. And there is obviously speculation that the Minoans might have been, along with the obviously the Mycenaeans, were the precursor to Greek civilization.
1: Well, I'm sure there's always speculation on all well, of, of this
0: stuff. Well, there's tons of crossover between all this stuff, too, especially being in such close vicinity of one another. So, okay, here we go. This is the tomb of Cly- Clytemnestra. Uh, it is a tholos style tomb, it was built in twelve. 12 uh 50 bc for king agamemnon's wife who is clytemnestra so the interesting thing there is you can see um, here i'll go back see the the lion uh the lion gate sculpture there at top of the lintel that triangular shape um uh sculpture now look at this tomb and you can see a similar cutout so did they have another lion Style sculpture there before. I mean, that's something we have speculated on on that ancient uh, or the origins of ancient Greece uh, movie that we made a long time ago. And then you go in and you can see it goes all the way through to the inside of the tomb. um So, I mean, that's just my hypothesis: is there was some sort of sculpture similar to the Lion Gate, if not the same thing, above there.
1: Yeah, and the, those structures would probably be quite, quite the pretty penny for any kind of thieves or whatnot.
0: Well yeah, I mean I don't know. I mean, who knows? Well, that'd be the what the worth. that would be the thing never be
1: jacked, don't you think?
0: Well, I mean, it's not I guess. It, it depends on how valuable that stuff would be back then. Um I I mean, if it's ornamental, I guess it has some value, but I mean in terms of it being like similar to like jewels or gold or something like that, I don't think it would be as important. Mhm. But if there's something to be jacked, you're always there. You're always there to bring it up, though. Yeah, I'm looking um, around. I'm to, well, why would the why would it be gone? Did it crumble? It was obviously taken out for some reason. Maybe a later group, or you know, I don't know. Maybe a later group of people decided they that was something else, or maybe it was the the logo or the crest of some other civilization or precursor or something. And they just didn't believe the same thing or weren't the mm-hmm. same group of people. It could be anything.
1: Yeah. I hear you.
0: Um,
1: I guess my mind goes in a different direction,
0: but I mean, again, why I guess the question would be why it looks very similar to the same thing at the lion gate, like above the lintel. Why would it be the same thing if there wasn't something there? I mean, that's right a question. You'd have to ask somebody who's an expert on this, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just my hypothesis on the matter. Here you have the Cyclopean tunnels at Tyrens. Um actually you see very similar tunnels on Sardinia that were created by the Naragi people uh as well. Uh so it's kind of interesting. Again, lots of crossover, similar region. Um, those are two different tunnels side by side, but they're very similar. This one you can see kind of the stones towards the top. They are kind of crudely put together. So it's a better example of Cyclopean masonry in my opinion. Let's see here. Here's a close-up of some Cyclopean masonry found at Tyrens. Uh, There's obviously some growth in between there. Uh, But again, not anything that's like super polished or put together, just kind of like crudely put together in a way that fits where it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here is a, the tunnel at, uh, I think it's called Eupolinos, uh, the Yupalian aqueduct at Samos. Uh, it's 3,400 feet long. It was built in the sixth century BC and it used, uh, used to be an aqueduct or it was used as an aqueduct. Okay, so now we make the crossover. So we were at some of the older, more megalithic stuff found in ancient Greece. And, I mean, I have no doubt uh, that the Greeks probably took some pointers from the Egyptians. We know the later philosophers like Thales. uh, You've got Thales, uh, Plato, Socrates. All these people actually went to ancient Egypt at different points and, and learned from... The Egyptians but I bet you even previous to that there's people going there and uh, probably getting pointers maybe you know that's where those pyramids came from or getting ideas like that I don't know just uh-huh. a, just a hypothesis uh, but yeah now we get to the Greek architecture stuff here you see the, the columns uh, there's three different types of columns this is the most basic it's called the Doric you can see it there um, this is used in the Pantheon then you have the ionic uh which you see those little like curly cues on each side they curl in um which is kind of interesting i wonder where if that's just a stylistic thing because they do look like the spirals found on megalithic sites from uh neolithic europe uh even that malta episode we just did with uh laura uh who's the megalith hunter um some of those uh, blocks have similar looking spirals and you can find them at like Newgrange and stuff like that but I don't even know if that's the same thing that might just be some stylistic thing as opposed to some greater meaning yeah and then we get to the most decorative one which is the Corinthian which as you can see uh, yeah they really dialed it in there very very artistic beautiful and then here, you just have like the different styles. Here's just a diagram of the different uh, styles and pillars and then the architecture above that connects the temple to the pillars. Um, do you have any questions so far?
1: No, nothing yet. Okay.
0: Here's a diagram of the different parts. Um, we don't have to go through it all, but... You have the base or like the steps, uh, which is just called the Crepidoma, um, which would be, you know, if you remember the Easter Island, how they have the Ahus, which sit below the Moai. That would be like this temple's Ahu. It's like the base or the platform. It's the Crepidoma. And then you have the columns. And then above the column, you have the capital. And then it goes up. And then um, on the left or the other side, you have the diagram pointing to those three vertical bars, which would be the triglyphs. Uh, And yeah At the top you have those uh, The uh, tympanons Yeah so I mean it's just some interesting stuff It's just interesting to know what these things are called And that they're actually a thing And they're found at a lot of these sites I don't think really I don't think people go to Greece or You know I'm sure there's a lot of people that studied like art history Or stuff like that but if you didn't I don't think a lot of people necessarily think about these things in that manner Okay The Acropolis of Athens. The Acropolis of Athens is the most famous and historic uh, Acropolis in Greece. Uh, There is evidence that the people have been living there since the fourth millennium BC. Uh, The Acropolis' most popular sites are the Parthenon, the Erechtheion, the Temple of Athena at Nike, uh, the Propylaea. uh, And then in the fifth century BC, Pericles coordinated the construction of those sites. Uh, it also contains the Odeon, Herodotus, uh, Atticus, um, the Theater of Dionysus, and the Eleusinion. Um, and Xerxes destroyed most of everything and anything of significance in 480 BC. Uh, yeah, idiot. Uh, his dad, uh, Darius I, I mean, that's just what happened in... ancient world people conquered each other destroyed stuff Darius the first I think won some battles and then he died and then Xerxes in 480 actually devied out the punishment and I mean I think that obviously 300s kind of uh fiction for the most part but there was a group that fought off people on that that, uh Thermopylae uh pass um and that was real so i mean there is certain parts to that i think that there is some truth uh Mm -hmm. but yeah so yeah but xerxes did destroy a lot of the temples um 480 bc so we get to the parthenon this is probably one of the most famous uh temples and um it was built between 447 and 387 bc it was built on the site of an older temple dedicated to athena uh, it was considered to be the pinnacle of the Doric order. Again, the Doric is just the most basic, earliest version of the Greek pillars. Mm. Here's another picture of the Parthenon. And it's beautiful. I mean, there's no yeah, there's no other way around it. I mean, you can look at this thing all day. I think ancient Greece is just... Uh, you know, it's the it's,
1: pinnacle.
0: It's well, it's simplistic, but it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And even though you know the Cyclades are very rocky and stuff, there's just like a rugged beauty to it too. It's hard to describe. Um, let's see here. Here's a picture. You can kind of see the Doric pillars, and then the triglyphs above that. There. Just a close up. Okay, this is the old Parthenon. As you can see, that's what those, the inner line, the darker lines are, the older Parthenon. um, Or the old Parthenon. Here's a picture, uh, an older picture of a uh, guy sitting on some of the foundation blocks. So you can look at those pictures and be like, oh, that's big. But then when you see that guy sit on the base of one of those blocks you're like oh wow those are pretty big Um, (laughs) yeah and uh you know there's some speculation again that some of the, the sites were built on older spots which is like a common theme in the ancient world that some of these megalithic structures were actually built on top of other previous megalithic structures or bases or something like that so Here you can kind of see like what the a diagram of like the foundation um in the base of it how it cuts down like that, and how it's uh, you know it's st- structured under there
1: That's some serious effort when
0: yeah I mean it's amazing, but back then I mean most of the the, the effort the architecture the the You know, just the people putting in that much time into this stuff. It's not like they probably had that much more to do with their time, but it is impressive. Mm -hmm. So this is called, like, Persian rubble. Um, This is what, you know, stuff that was left over from Xerxes coming through and destroying uh, everything in 480 B.C. Uh, So the old temple of Athena, it was built between 525 and 500 B.C., uh, located on the Acropolis in Athens, it was destroyed by Xerxes again in 480 BC. Below is a picture of the ruins in front of the Erechtheion, so you can see the foundations there uh, in the front. Um, any questions so far, Maurice? You've been kind of no. quiet for a a Mike and Maurice episode. I'm just taking it all in. He's actually learning something here. Yeah.
1: Uh, although I have to watch this three times, we really gotta send you two.
0: We gotta have to send you two grease to start taking <laughs> some real pictures.
1: I know that a couple of these are a little dated.
0: No, oh, a lot of them are not dated. Um. So again, an older picture just to get a uh, perspective on the size of these things. Here's kind of like an artistic. Uh, I guess, picture or painting. I don't even know what you call it. Composition of what the old uh, Acropolis used to look like.
1: Yeah, again, we don't really know how accurate this thing is, but...
0: You have the Erechtheon here. Depiction of it. And then here you have how everything used to be set up. So, all the way to the right, you have the early Temple of Athena. Which is restored. Uh, You have the Erechtheion in the middle. uh, And then it goes down there. You can see the slope. Um, Here's just a different diagram and overhead view of the area, the Old Temple uh, of uh, Athena. Here's again another picture of the foundations, the Old Temple of Athena. okay so the temple of athena um nike on the acropolis it was built on an older site uh to the cult of or from the cult of athena nike and had occupied during the 6th century bc it was destroyed by xerxes in 480 again he destroyed most of athens and other sites too even naxos i mean he went through and he did some damage yeah by the way if you're interested uh i created a composite um uh, like almost like a image of the uh Portara at Naxo. So if you know what that is, we do have a shirt in our merchandise t- or our merch store online. Uh I think I did a pretty good job. Maurice thought it was a real picture when I sent it to him.
1: So. Yeah, it's beautiful. So go we check got, that guy's okay, turning into quite the artist.
0: <laughs> I just looked at a bunch of different views, you know, and just kinda of put this thing together on Illustrator. But it 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 uh it is a cool shirt call it the mind escape portal oh yeah uh so the temple was finished in 420 bc and it was demolished by the turks and um what does that say it was rebuilt in 1834 okay the temple of the olympian zeus at athens uh construction began in the sixth century bc by athenian tyrants Uh, but it was not completed until the 2nd century AD by Roman Emperor Hadrian, roughly 640 years later. Uh, It was built on an ancient outdoor sanctuary site dedicated to Zeus. Uh, It was destroyed in 267 AD by barbarians. So that one's just in the middle there of like huge residential area pretty much.
1: Yeah, look at the city. (laughs) And then you have
0: this beautiful beautiful ancient site right there in the middle.
1: Yeah. It's barely holding on, but it's nice that they appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Here's an older, um, I guess picture or painting. I guess it's an illustration of it. You can kind of see what it used to look like before all the, uh, modernization of, uh, civilization around it came and, mm-hmm. it came to fruition this one actually looks like a picture and actually it looks like something's on the top of the temple too almost like a little structure on top of the structure there I can't really make out what that is this looks like a little house or a little room or something yeah In here at the temple of the Olympian Zeus, you have Corinthian style um pillars, which are the most ornamental style there is. Um let's see here. The temple of Athena Polias at Preen. Uh it was built between 350 and 330 BC by Pythias. Uh, it was of the Ionic Order. It was located on the Ionian Coast, which is modern-day Turkey. Uh, Pythias had a major influence on later generations. Uh, so, like the Ionian Coast, again, that's where you see uh, some of the earliest pre-Socratic philosophers. You had two different uh, early schools, which would be the Ionian and the uh, Eliadic. Um Iliadic was uh, from... Italy and the Ionian was from western Turkey Mm. Uh, the temple of Apollo at Didyma Uh, the temple of Apollo at Didyma was built on the site of two previous sacred temples to Apollo in 334 BC the Milesians uh, started building the greatest temple ever constructed Uh, it was built but never finished Didyma means twin and uh, is located on the Ionian coast. Okay, so here we get the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Here's the floor plan. Uh, The temple was built around 800 BC. It was completely rebuilt twice after a flood in the 7th century BC Uh, and an act of arson in 356 BC. By Hera Uh it was rebuilt a third time and survived 600 years until the Christians destroyed it. And some of the other stones were used for other buildings.
1: Things been through a lot in this time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the Christians came through and did. You know, uh, Alaric the Visigoth came through and destroyed Eleusis, and that was pretty much the end of the Eleusinian Mysteries. So. Yeah. Bye, bye guy. way to ruin the only psychedelic tradition from, you know, surviving out of out of that area of Greece and the Mediterranean there. so thank you Um, uh, actually, Terence McKenna does a great talk on uh, when he's talking about the Eleucinian mysteries. He does a good job explaining. Kind of the history behind it. So it's an interesting listen. You can probably find it on YouTube. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, screw the the Visigoth guy. You know, like why do they have to come through and ruin? That's uh, BS.
1: Yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> uh,
0: city, the city plans of Delphi. And then you can see I have a, a little arrow pointing to the Temple of Apollo. Um, so as you can see, there's some gods that, you know, obviously Zeus, one of the major gods, Apollo, one of the major gods, uh-huh. Athena, major goddess. I mean, you have some of these recurring names, obviously that these were the important figures in ancient Greece. Um, any questions so far? No, sir. Um, let's see here. Here's the theater at Delphi, which is beautiful. Look at that scenery in the background. Uh, It was built in the 4th century BC. It was remodeled a few times, and uh, specifically it was remodeled in 160 BC. Uh, It was also worked on for Nero's visit to Greece. So the Roman Emperor Nero, it was kind of, uh, you know, made more beautiful for Nero, apparently. Is that thing on heavy
1: lockdown or can a, can a band rent it out?
0: What do you mean? Like, so like, uh, live like at a, Pompeii or something? And, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. You probably could do, I mean, I don't know. I should That's say that. i That's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's probably on lockdown. I don't
0: think yeah. Well, I mean, why would they let you do that? I right. Mean, I don't think they'd let Pink Floyd do that again if they wanted to.
1: Probably not. But that thing makes the gorge look like the view of my backyard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what the what he's talking about, it's the Gorge uh, Amphitheater in Washington, which has a beautiful backdrop. Might be with the best. Um, you should go there, take some nice pics.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would like to get out there. It's just uh, it's not close.
0: So, I mean, you were kind of out that way when you went hiking those times in Oregon. Yeah, you should have made a, a stop.
1: I, I, I. There was a bunch of concerts going on there. I was just gonna stay out there for another couple of weeks, but real life grabbed you, and then you forget about your adventures. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, I mean, I you don't know. Get bogged down in the monotony of the everyday.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a depressing song.
1: I mean, let's 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 continue here.
0: All right. Uh, the Temple of Poseidon at Cape uh, It was built in roughly 440 BC. Uh, this is an artistic rendering of the temple. It was one of the main monuments built during the Golden Age of Athens. There were originally 34 columns and 15 columns still stand to this day. The columns are of the Doric order. They were 20 feet high carved out of white marble the original temple that was there was most likely destroyed by Xerxes the I in his invasion of Greece. So again, another reoccurring theme, Xerxes destroyed a lot of the good stuff.
1: Yes, he did.
0: But, uh, I mean, that's just what happens. In we need to get world. a
1: soundbite from
0: that from the <laughs> 300 movie. Xerxes! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. Uh, it's a tough one.
1: Well, it's, it's, I mean, but that history.
0: again, that's, it's just history. Like, that's just what, you know, you can't say, oh, screw this guy because he's just doing his thing. You know, he's protecting his people. He's creating his empire. Mm-hmm. As much as we look down upon it to this day, that's just kind of what was happening back then. And I mean, the Greeks did the same thing to other people. You know, well, Alexander yeah. the Great did it to a ton of people. You know, it just happened throughout the ancient world like that.
1: What's the saying? Whoever wins the wars
0: writes the history. Something like that. Um, I mean, well, we'll just keep it moving here.
1: Um, well, there's a lot of truth to that. It shows right there. You, they, you win the war. They destroy all of their history, and then right. they, they're there to write
0: the, the new, the new age. Uh the Temple of Aphia or Aphia. It was built roughly 500 BC on top of an older temple that was built in the in 570 BC and was destroyed by a fire. In 510 B.C. Yeah. Uh, There may have been an even older temple there in the 7th century B.C. Numerous female figurines have been found at the site suggesting cult activity and a connection to the Minoans. Um, You know, so you have these recurring themes with this, too. So you have Xerxes who destroyed a lot of it. Either Xerxes, fire, or earthquakes. Or water. Um, Yeah, I mean, it could have been water. I mean, you have volcanic activity on mm-hmm. Santorini, I think it was at 1600 BC. Um so yeah, there's some of that stuff, but I'd say it's either Xerxes' fire or earthquakes or seismic activity. I mean, those are the major
1: Xerxes is at the top. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Maurice's favorite. We're going how am to get a, sh- uh, a we're going to make a new shirt <laughs> for our merch store. Ah. It's Maurice holding up his fist and it just says Xerxes. <laughs> uh so have you seen 300 because they say they scream
1: his name like a hundred times and it's been a while uh, yeah that's the only thing i remember from the movie is is them screaming xerxes
0: yeah um let's see here all right now we get to the temple of apollo at Epicurus at uh besai besai uh it was built in the late 5th century bc uh it may have been designed by ictinus who was the architect of the Parthenon, Ectinus? Uh, uh It was built on the site of a smaller temple, which was aligned to the north. Most Greek, Greek temples were set on an east-west axis. So that's kind of interesting that they did it that way. Um, the temple was the first to use the Corinthian capital. Um, the temple was dedicated to Apollo the Helper, and the exterior columns were of the doric order and the interior columns were ionic so
1: mm.
0: uh so they must have implemented corinthian somewhere in there but it sounds like there was different layers that had different orders so maybe it was something that like evolved over time uh maybe started when they were doing the doric order stuff and it would they continued building all the way till they were you know making corinthian stuff so let's see here Uh, The Temple of Apollo at Bessai, 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 I don't know how you pronounce that, is covered due to the deteriorating condition of the pillars and structure. Uh, The temple is unique in that it has three classical orders of ancient Greek architecture. Due to the fact that it is in the rural area, it may have been protected uh, from conversion or destruction by the Christians. Let's see here. Okay, so this is kind of what the T-shirt I was talking about. I, I used a f- I used like four pictures, and this was actually one of them when I was designing uh, that shirt. So uh, the temple of Apollo at Naxos. Uh, the temple was never finished, but uh, began building around 530 BC. Uh, Lygdamus was the tyrant of Naxos who had overly ambitious construction plans. The Portara, which is the lintel of the temple, uh, is all that you see that stands. so, like, just the doorway stands that's pretty much what you're seeing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lintel is decorative, horizontal, ornamental structure that's found over doorways, portals, and fireplaces. In 524 BC, Ligdemus was overthrown by the Spartan army. Uh, and portara just means big door or gateway. Like, there's a bunch of different translations I found for portara, but uh, I like to think of it as a portal. Um, so. Uh, The Temple of Zeus at Nemea, located in Peloponnese region of Greece. It was built in 330 BC on the site of an earlier temple from the 6th century BC that burned down. Again, fires. Fires, Xerxes, earthquakes. That's going to be a shirt. Xerxes, fires, earthquakes. It was what's going to get us next. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to make a million shirts. There's just going to be a a billion shirts in the merch store. mm -hmm. Can't go wrong. Uh some of the blocks were used to build the foundation of the replacement temple. Three of the columns from the temple have never fallen. Uh one of the last great Doric temples. All right. Here you have a artistic depiction of the Temple of Zeus at Olympia. Uh this is a reconstruction. As you can see, I mean it looks pretty nice. Um you've got those those thick triglyphs. uh looks like it's of the doric uh order and all that stuff built around it is just to support it yeah it's just other structures in the area maybe other buildings for other uses um but yeah i mean imagine uh imagine tripping in one of these
1: oh in their heyday it would be unbelievable
0: Imagine you know experiencing the Lucania mysteries and then going and walking through one of these temples it would be crazy. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Okay. Uh the Temple of Zeus was built at the Altus, which is an enclosure uh that has a sacred grove and open air altars that date back to the 9th to the 10th century BC. Uh was between 457 or this was built between 457 and 470 BC. The architect was uh Libone from Ellis uh, who used the Doric style. Uh, there is a debate whether it was destroyed by major earthquakes oh in God. 522 uh, or 551 AD or whether it was intentionally destroyed or possibly even flooded. There you go. There's your flood yeah. uh, by Cladios uh, or Cladios. I don't know how you pronounce it. River or tsunami. Um it housed one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, which was known as the statue of Zeus. And here I've got a depiction of an artistic depiction of depiction of the statue of Zeus. We did do actually, I thought that was one of our better episodes a long time ago. Um, I don't know if, how it holds up now to how, where we are, but um, we did that seven wonders of the ancient world yeah uh, it was I, sweet I really liked that episode that was actually one of your suggestions too we I, we had a good time I had a good time researching that one and uh, yeah I thought we did a good job so if you're interested I don't know what episode it is but you can go back and look for that were they the natural wonders or the no, the ancient wonders the natural wonders oh yeah and then there's like the modern wonders yeah know? we should do another one of those uh, the statue of Zeus was 41 feet tall it was built and sculpted uh, by Phidias in 435 B.C., uh, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Okay. The Temple of Hera at Olympia. Uh, here's the floor plan. It was built in 590 B.C., and this was destroyed by an earthquake in the 4th century A.D. Again, Xerxes, earthquakes, fires.
1: Well, if you think about it, what else is going to tear these things down? Uh, Yeah. There's nothing really else. To-
0: well, this here is your flood. This thing's flooded in the picture. Uh the Temple of Apollo <laughs> at Attica. Uh the Temple of Apollo at Attica was built in the 6th century BC. Uh children from a nearby orphanage, orphanage discovered the site which had been drained and landscaped. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Here this was a a nice uh a beautiful one here, the Temple of Hephaestus. Uh, construction started in 450 or 449 B.C., and it was not completed until 415 uh, B.C. According to historians, it took so long because funds and workers were redirected to the Parthenon. Uh, it was built with marble from local Mount Penteli, and is in the Doric order. Uh, from the 7th century A.D. to the 1800s, it was used as a Greek Orthodox church.
1: Hmm.
0: Imagine going to church in that thing.
1: That'd
0: be nice. Now we get to Eleusis, one of our favorite recurring topics on the show. Uh, Eleusis is a town in Attica, which was made famous for hosting the Eleusinian Mysteries. The Eleusinian Mysteries were held once a year, and, pe- well, that's actually false. I wrote that a long time, but it's twice a year. Uh, the, there's the Lesser Mysteries in the spring and the Greater Mysteries in the fall. Uh, and they were held in once a year. People had to experience the Greater Mysteries, which was the one in the fall, at least once in their life. Um and they would be initiated into the mystery cults of Demeter or Kor. Uh Eleusis is located on a fertile plain. There's evidence to suggest that uh Kekion or Kukion, there's people pronounce it different ways, uh was drank during the Eleusinian mysteries. Uh and it was obviously a psychoactive concoction some you know people have different takes on this but it contains some people say it contains ergot fungus claviceps purpurea which is a precursor to LSD others have suggested that it could have been psilocybin or DMT so you have like wrote the road to elusis so you have like uh Wasson um and uh all those guys saying basically that um it's it's you know, LSA or the precursor to LSD. Mm. Uh, Now the problem with that is there's no ergot fungus can create some pretty bad physiological effects. So they would have had to do something to take all like the toxins out of it that would have been toxic to people. So there's some Mm -hmm. speculation how they might have done that, but I have yet to see like an actual like, scientific study or somebody even trying it you know so it's like it's tough to to but there is some physical evidence i know uh brian marescu's book the immortality key he went and found some sort of physical evidence in some of these chalices and uh pottery and stuff of this so that's a possibility we just had matthew clark on who's written about this and he you know we did a patreon segment with him where he's discussing loosening mysteries his idea is that, and this is something I've thought about too, uh, Peganum harmala, which would be your MAOI. And then you have Phalaris grass and you have a lot of other DMT containing plants in that, uh, uh, a- area. You do have, again, that Ellucinian mysteries talk that Terrence McKenna gave, and he's might've suggested like mushrooms. I don't think it's that, but he talks about how there's a recipe and there's four ingredients on the recipe and one of them's water, and he suggests that the water is actually an augum, which means something that can just be replaced with anything else. So there's that hypothesis. Um, look, mushrooms grow everywhere. Uh, DMT could have been a possibility. Mm-hmm. They grew wheat. So, I mean, the wheat makes sense in terms of the mythology, too, which would be, you know, we've talked about the story of uh, uh, Demeter and Persephone. Persephone gets taken down into the underworld. Uh, and then takes a bite of the uh, pomegranate I believe before she comes back up So she has to spend a third of the year in the underworld. So from spring to fall She's she's you know up in in the regular world and then for that winter she goes down Um, You know that's the cycle of grain or harvest and we know claviceps prea grows on the harvest or the grain so Again that makes sense from that and from like an agrarian cult standpoint Yeah. Here's the cave uh, found at Eleusis, the Plutonian caves. Um, in here, I'll get to this. So the Eleusinian, Eleusis Plutonian, and the Eleusinian Mysteries. The cave uh, is in Eleusis, Greece. It was built in the sixth century BC at the northeast base of the Acropolis, where two caves are naturally formed in the rock face. Uh the site is known for being associated with the Eleusinian mysteries and the cults of Demeter and Persephone. Uh, Persephone and core who is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, uh was abducted and taken to the underworld by Hades or Pluto, uh known by both names. Uh Persephone then became queen of the underworld. She would return to the surface every spring. Uh, Persephone had to spend a third of the year in the underworld with Hades eating some, eating some of the pomegranates. Again, she ate the pomegranate seeds. Uh, Persephone was the personification of the agrarian cycle. Uh, her central myth served as the context for the sacred rites and rituals and regeneration uh, along with the rites known as the aparetta or the unrepeatables which were performed in the Telesterion. If you saw me You know, earlier in the episode when I had that background, that's the Telesterion. So you can go back and check that out. Uh, Demeter uh, made the earth barren every winter and every year until she saw Persephone return, then spring emerged. So Mm. Uh, the smaller cave contains an opening with a rock stairway that leads outside the Plutonian enclosure to a deep pit. Uh, It is associated with cult rituals of the Eleusinian Mysteries. The larger of the two caves held a 4th century B.C. rectangular temple. Uh, this cella, or cella uh, replaced uh, the earlier structure from the 6th century B.C. in dedication to Pluto. Reliefs found nearby are related to Pluto and Persephone, who would descend and ascend into the underworld each year. Uh, Plato participated in the greater mysteries. Plato wrote his dialogue, uh, The Phaedo, when discussing immortality and the soul. Uh, Socrates says, "Our mysteries had a very real meaning. Uh, he that has been purified and initiated shall—I can't read that last part here that I wrote. Oh, there we go. Dwell with the gods. So he, yeah, again, this is the quote. Our mysteries had a very real meaning. He that has been purified and initiated should dwell with the gods. Uh, so I asked the question: Was the Eleusinian mysteries and the cave the inspiration for Plato's cave?" I mean, the the psychedelic experience mixed with these caves could have been the, uh, the inspiration for Plato's cave. Yeah, that's a uh... major paradigm shift. I mean, you have to think that that's the biggest paradigm shift uh, somebody like Plato's had. I mean, we're going to discuss this a lot more in the future, and we've discussed it a lot in the past, but where are these gods in day-to-day consciousness? Where are these gods... Uh, in day to day life, do they just not exist anymore? I don't think that's the case. I think that they were either entities found in altered states, like you know, even uh, the uh, the the oracle from Delphi. The oracle at Delphi was supposedly inhaling, you know, psychoactive gas coming yeah, from the ground. Yeah. What about so, the? What if... Go ahead.
1: I was gonna. What about like Laird's, uh theory that? The, the, as time goes on, we get closer to the to the gods. Yeah, see, or, see
0: I'm, I don't dis- discount anything. I'm just going by what I know, and what I right. know is the world around me. And all yeah, I've yeah, true.
1: You know, in the we're in the bad flux, according to him. So we're not very connected to the spirituality at the time. I'm not
0: discounting that. I'm just saying. I mean, do I build? Is that my theory or hypothesis? No. I mean, I like listening to Laird. I think he's an interesting writer and speaker, and I think he's got some really Interesting things to say on the topic for sure, but my personal hypothesis is all this stuff comes from altered states of consciousness, whether it be psychoactive compounds, meditation, uh, you know, lucid dreaming, uh, sleep paralysis. I mean, there's a million things you can go to. I think psychedelics is the most interesting one because you can still interact with the world in your waking state of consciousness. So you can literally walk around and interact with the world in an altered state of consciousness, which you can't do while you're sleeping or meditating or any of the other ones.
1: But there is an dis- uh, uh amount of people now being separated from spirituality. Why is that so? I don't know. But people are doing psychedelics and things at the, at a highest. My question to you would be
0: then, why do you think that that's the case? Like where in history have you seen that again? At what point in history do you see that? Or is it because we're lifting the veil now and through science, technology, philosophy, all these things, we're understanding things at a higher rate than we ever have before.
1: Oh, I'm not in the camp of that. We're understanding things. I think that when the, the deeper we look and the more we analyze the atom, we're looking in the wrong direction.
0: Well,
1: okay. I think that we're, I think that that our human, humanity has lost some kind of synchronization with each other. And if we, if we looked at, looked, I, I I believe in science. I'm a big science guy, but at the same time,
0: there's a spiritual
1: It's another shirt. I'm a
0: big science guy.
1: (laughs) Bill Nye's X'd on the back. No, but the bottom line is we, I think that humanity now is missing some kind of spirituality, a togetherness, if you will. And, um, what uh, that? I'm not, I, I'm I not debating
0: that I'm not debating that we're missing look I think we all need something greater to believe in I don't know it could be the universe it could be you know a creator it could be I think my point is if you look at like all the religions all the mythologies all the stuff where are these gods because they've happened it's happened throughout all of history if you want to point to a golden age and say look at this look at what they did here well then, what happened throughout all the other history where there's gods too? You're you're not making sense logically. Is well, what you, I'm saying.
1: you you can only see the 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 written history of the time. Again, we don't know how
0: far back humanity has went. No, I know, we but can what i speculate I'm, on that. But my point again is, you can go go back to Göbekli Tepe. You know, there there there's anthropomorphic structures there. Okay, and then you see like let's just say let's go back to like Malta or. Uh, some Neolithic Europe, you start to see gods and goddesses pop up and rituals and different things that goes on until we still have gods and goddesses. So again, where are these gods and goddesses? And my theory or hypothesis is that it's all, all metaphysics is based on altered states of consciousness. Well, and right. I, and I, I think it helps, with pro- that I, I think it helps propel humanity forward and helps us evolve but I don't think it's something that we experience in day-to-day consciousness. Well, it, it, I think you can experience it if you know the
1: right techniques. But the, what I'm, my point is there's one thing that every single person has either contemplated or feels deep down within themselves and that there is some kind of creator or there is some kind of overpowering energy or God. I mean, the, the term God now is so taboo and so destroyed you can't well, it without people.
0: T- it means something different to everybody like there's right not... but
1: you say god people instantly think of big gray man and sitting in the sky and their eyes glaze over so it's like yeah, they think of like you, a,
0: a zeus looking character
1: right but now you want to stay away from that term god but it's stupid because a god it, it doesn't mean grave gray beard in the sky i mean that's a christianity you know that's a that's a well i mean if you were to ask me i would say Western...
0: it would be like almost like a um a... I don't even know, like it would be like a, a primordial energy thing or something that connects us all or like uh panpsychism, something like that. I wouldn't think of it as an entity within this realm. And let's say there is something that created us. It would be outside of this realm. So you wouldn't really underst you wouldn't really feel the influence like on a day-to-day consciousness level. You have to escape, mind escape, you have to Uh-oh. escape your consciousness to, to figure out what this thing is because... It's like consciousness. I don't think yeah, we're ever- yeah,
1: but my argument is you don't need to figure out what this thing is. Why do you have to figure out what this thing is? We're here, we're alive. We didn't come out of thin air. So there must have been some kind of creation at some point in our in our in our evolution.
0: Well it depends on what you think. I mean there's speculation that the universe came from a tiny particle that... where in you know, that particle come from, the, bro. Exactly. I mean, that's the argument. You, We could philosophize about this all night long.
1: And I'm not talking about the banned particle.
0: I, I think that you're not being honest with yourself when we're talking about gods and goddesses and stuff in the sense that I don't know... Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know anybody uh, that even believes in those things that has had an actual, like, real encounter that you would be like, wow, that's crazy. Even we could point to like modern day UAP stuff. People, you know, like there's videos of these things. So there's a little bit different when you're talking about things that you can't see or explain. And then things that you actually have data and sensory data on and stuff like that. So I guess I'm not arguing with you cause you know, you know, I've gone through my own spiritual awakening stuff and, and I'm not trying to be critical, but I I do want the truth. I do want answers and I'm not just going to believe something just to believe it. I'm going to think critically and use logic and reason and try and get at some sort of answer. So my whole point is, again, I think all this stuff is just based on altered states of consciousness. And through those altered states of consciousness, we use our brains in different ways and come up with better ideas or more artistic and creative ideas. And I don't think that that means that there's not anything else out there. I just don't think that you can achieve that on a day-to-day, daily grind basis, I mean, do you experience God when you're, you know, riding your bike or it taking on photos? What your definition of
1: God may be,
0: if or if, gods or goddesses. To or me, rac-
1: God means a, a purpose in life. So yes, I, I do incur, I do in- encounter that day, day to day, because I I know my purpose. A lot of people don't have that purpose, and they think that. Life is is a fruitless venture, if you will.
0: But I don't. I think I don't know, and I could be wrong. I don't think you've ever ent- entertained the idea that that might not be the case, and there might not be anything else out there. And I don't. No, think... because it, deep down in my gut, that's the feeling that I have. Okay, cool Let me just let me just get what, what I'm getting at here. We're getting a little heated here, and I ah. like it. I like what's going on here. <laughs> this opens up some real dialogue. But yeah. when we're we're talking about these things. Unless you've contemplated the idea that there is nothing, and I'm talking about really contemplated, not like thought like, oh, what if this is it kind of a thing, but like really looked at it hard. I don't think you can say you're you're, you're being truthful to yourself and truthful to the idea of truth because you haven't even really entertained this idea, whether you believe it or not. You haven't really entertained it, in my opinion. I've entertained the idea, but I think all the
1: way back to the first particle, and I, I, I can't wrap my head around something coming out of nothing.
0: Okay. And that's fair, and I, I'm, that's all I'm trying to say, though, is until, I mean, what? who is is—is it? Aristotle that said the sign of a, um, a truly intelligent person is somebody that can entertain an idea without believing it or something along those lines, and I, I think that, you know, Uh, For me, it's like I do a lot of thought experiments. I put myself in those positions, and I truly immerse myself in it. And that's why some days I think we're living, breathing magic. Some days I think that we're just really evolved, intelligent animals uh, that can manipulate our environment. And then other days... I think that there's way more to life, and we have to figure this out through symbols. Yeah, but why, of... why, why, why could,
1: even if we are living, breathing, magic, why can't we be the animal thing, too? Why can't it be a combination of all of them?
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, life is magical in itself. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in terms of the, like us being, I think what I mean is most people think as humans is we are different from the animal. Well, that's, and plant, see, that's, kingdom. that's
1: something that's been implemented in the religion that's been so skewed because of man wants religion to support well that's that where i would ultimate. agree I don't, I don't know about all that i mean when you go backpacking and you hang out with the animals or you're with the rivers and the streams and the ants and all that stuff you become aware that if you think you're different than the birds and then, then you're a fool kind of thing it doesn't mean that you can't find purpose well, okay, and live so, your life but... so
0: that's where i would agree with you where um in terms of like these like golden ages and things like that i think that because of technology and we're becoming more and more separated with each other through technology, like meaning that it's going to be less face to face, more through Skype or text or phone or whatever. Uh, Maybe even something weird in the future that we don't even know about yet. But my point is uh, I would agree with you that that's taking us away from the knowledge that we had of our connection to nature and the things that we know about the earth and the sky and the night sky and things of that nature so i would agree with you that we're losing that uh but i would again make the argument that even if you were tapped into that i mean i when i'm in nature uh and i'm not often in nature anymore but when we go camping or hiking or whatever i do feel some sort of calmness and peace and serenity that i don't feel in day-to-day consciousness it is like an altered state of consciousness so again well they've even-
1: implemented that into new uh therapies and whatnot as we see these new psychedelics like you know psilocybin and some forms of mdma being introduced to helping people now nature is definitely proving itself within the scientific world not that we need it to have that label but people want that label to be able to say okay i'm going to take some psilocybin to help with my depression because now doctors are saying that I, i get that it gives it some certification or gives it some 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 validity you know what i mean right but, the, but but i think we've known that all along and the bottom my whole point is for us as a civilization to rise to the next whatever we need to join and we need to be spiritual and whatever that means i, I spirituality to me that's a means problem that's, we need I'll, to all accept each other let me tell you why that's one. a problem
0: it's the same thing as saying god there is no one we can't you can't join with people when you all everybody has a different idea of what that thing is. Well,
1: I think that's a problem too i i'm not I'm not Joe religion where it's like you have to believe my religion or 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 it's my way or the highway. I think there's a interlining thread that sews a lot of these religions together. It's all the nitty gritty bullcrap that separates us and makes us want to kill each other and start wars over this kind of stuff. If we can look
0: past that. No, but I again, I, I don't think that. it's an easy task. obviously, we've been fighting each other.: I over. agree with that, but you're not again, you're not answering the questions. Where are these gods and <laughs> goddesses there, where there,
1: there is no God or goddess
0: well but that but that's what the ancient people are saying, that's what some of these religions are saying that That was my whole point of this whole thing is you know, I think that all that stuff is based off in metaphysics and all that stuff is based on well, altered states of it. consciousness. I don't want
1: to say it, bro. the
0: vibrations. It's going to be the next picture is going to be me arm wrestling Maurice and it's going to say give in. <laughs> no, uh, but what
1: you're saying I think we might be arguing part of the same point with with your altered state of consciousness that's an altered vibrational state. And yeah, when you're when, I'm you're, not when saying your, your frequencies you... tuned into something different then you can rise to the next level and that's that's where I think the spirituality will come into play. Forget religion, forget gods and goddesses. Because to me the vibration <laughs> the
0: mr vibrations of- i'm gonna put some sunglasses on that let more you speak t-shirt it's just gonna be a, some some ray-bans on that face call and
1: me it's gonna, brian wilson it's because gonna, i'm it's, i'm living be, some
0: vibrations it's here. just gonna be called mr vibrations yeah um no i mean yeah we are agreeing on some of these things i'm just making the point that you know this idea of spirituality again that means different things to different people and i'm fine with that too i'm not saying it has to mean one thing but if you think that people are going to all get on one page, I don't think that's going to happen unless You don't everybody... think that's possible to have well,
1: everybody at sooner or later down the road? You would, need everybody to,
0: you would need everybody to just agree that everybody's got a different point of view on it and everybody would have to respect each other's points of view on it. Have you seen that happen on the internet? Because I haven't.
1: Well, that, I'm not talking about them, but for me, when I get into an argument with, let's say, you or my girlfriend or anybody, I, I like to take a step back and go, look, First of all, the, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. And we've talked about this on other episodes. So I, I take a step back. It's like, I see it this way. Let me try and understand the way that she's seeing it. Maybe if more people started to take this approach, but not to, not to blow smoke up my butt, but I think that I'm more of an elevated person than 50%, maybe 75% mm. of so the you're people already putting out yourself,
0: there. You're already putting yourself above others. That's not very spiritual of you. It, it's
1: it, i'm using uh-huh. it i'm using it to yeah. prove a point i'm not going to go on to face first of all the people that are putting people down for creating art in any capacity are the are usually the people that
0: don't create anything to begin with don't you agree yeah let's get off this though because this is going right. in a diff- completely different direction well than,
1: we, we we could go down this rabbit hole all day long but uh, we're well, we keep, keep talking of, about what we're
0: talking about but i'm saying when you start talking about you know apps and creativity. And no,
1: you're, there. you're talking about the people on the internet that are putting people down I'm trying to compare it. No, to that. I'm no, saying I'm, that-
0: I'm saying that when you talk to people about spirituality, everybody's got their own idea. Therefore people will always debate and argue and, and have dialogue. I mean, dialogues would be civil and that should be what happens, but usually you see it devolve into fighting and name calling and all okay. sorts of things. So I, I, again, I, my whole point is we, we would need to get to a place where everybody's Personal spirituality is what's respected and it doesn't matter about believing in one way truth or one truth because let's be honest there might not be some objective truth there might be objective truth in terms of the material world and what is or isn't and things like that but in terms of like the mind and philosophy of the mind and how your mind works and cognitive biases and things like that we might not all be able to arrive at the same thing anyways so
1: right but well, like my truth might not be your truth but that's what my point was to sum this up is if you can step back and look at it like that and accept people, it's almost exciting to see. I like that aspect of other people. It's like, you don't agree with me and you don't see it my way. That's cool to me. That's exciting. I'm not going to fight you over it. No, no I agree. No, we're no, we're I'm not talking talking about We used to have kids that would we, we get not... into straight up arguments about religion. It's like, why don't you, you can think your way. I'm going to think my way, but I like some of the stuff that your 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 religion has. I like some stuff that these other religions have. But a lot of these hardcore dudes would be like, if you dabble with that other religion, then you can't be this one religion. That's where I really put my foot down, and that's why I don't like some religions, most religions, because they say you have to stay within the confines of this religion. If you d- dabble with Buddhism, you're out. If you dabble with yeah, Hindus, see, that's you're out. I, that's that's yeah, again,
0: horseshit. Again, I'm saying my whole thing is just do away with, I'm not saying everybody can believe what they want, but to, to achieve what I'm talking about and what you are supposedly talking about, a like humanities at some point, I I, I find it hard to believe. I just think it's been different civilizations that reach a pinnacle that have, um, you know, their stuff in order, and I think it shows through their artwork and megalithic structures and things like that. I don't think it was some, you know, cohesive thing on Earth or whatever, so...
1: But just because they back in the day there was more spirituality doesn't mean that everybody was fully agreeing upon it. They just had more of a mystical, spiritual side to them.
0: And again, I'm fine with that. I th- Like I said, I mean, we were talking about like entheogens and stuff like that. The mystical aspects of those entheogens and rituals and things like that are what I've found helpful for my issues. And I don't know if that's the same for everybody. That's why I'm all about options and different tools for everybody. There should be different stuff on the table for different people. Maybe absolutely uh, entheogens that have no psychoactive compounds to help people or have it or people talking about these psilocybin patches and all sorts of different things so i'm all for all different options for all different people whatever works for you i guess that's my philosophy but everybody would have to have that philosophy for everybody to um it would it would need to be a lot more healthier in that regard and with the way everything's going right now in the world i don't see that happening anytime soon yeah i agree Uh, but uh, it should be the case but i mean look we started the show mind escape. That was the goal was to, to bring people together through us learning and going on this knowledge quest and, you know, putting some of these pieces together. And it just seems like things have gotten a little bit worse. So, but we are just going to keep doing what we're doing. I can only control myself and my own thoughts and philosophies and stuff like that and evolve myself and hope that everybody around us evolves their consciousness and, you know, uh, can find that, uh, within themselves. So,
1: My one last thought would be maybe back in the day, too, there was less people altogether, so especially during those Dogen times, don't you think it would be easier to have a cohesive consensus about one particular thing if there's just less people altogether?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have less people, yeah, you you know, and back in the day, you know, you had some wise people that I have no doubt were able to convince other people That they were either right or on to something and now you know you have dunning kruger effect run amok on the internet everybody can look up anything and everybody thinks they're an expert so i think that that's one of the problems that we see now is we're not looking to wise people for answers because everybody thinks they're the wise person because of the internet so. Well,
1: I'll, I'll tell you one thing. When when social media went down the other day for a little bit, I was praying. I was like, I, 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 if this stays gone, this, this could be the best thing ever. <laughs> well, I was just thinking the
0: other day, too, I was thinking what life was like before uh, the internet. I mean, we just, back in the day, we just used the internet to, like, make CDs from, like, LimeWire and Napster and whatever, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, you didn't use it for that. Like, I just remember, like, calling your friend, and if they weren't there, they weren't there. You couldn't, you know, they didn't have a cell phone. So it's like, was so-and-so home? No. Okay. You call the next day. Hey, you want to do something? Sure. And you just assume that that person wasn't going to show up. You didn't get a last-minute text saying, oh, I can't make it, or something came up. You know, if somebody said that they were going to do something, there was a good chance that they were gonna do it. So. Same
1: thing with going out. Your parents couldn't get a hold of you when you were gone. <laughs> you were gone. Seriously,
0: there's no answering. Yeah. I mean, I remember cool we to had pagers as too, a kid, like but... paging, like you know, call home or. Whatever. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, those were the days, and I think I'm they're... glad
1: that we were a part of that because we ha- we've had a, a taste of both worlds, and right. I, at least there was that simpler time t- that we got to enjoy. So I I think that's actually pretty cool that we we kind of went through the transition of it all, like we were at the beginning of, you know, AOL and stuff like that. So we got think, to see the transition.
0: And I think that there is a benefit to seeing both sides of that, that I don't think future generations might not have, you know, having that perspective of what it's like with all this crazy technology that we have now at our fingertips and then what it was like to not have it, even though there was some technology, it wasn't like, you know, the pinnacle or the the the, the thing that we did all day long, you know, so...
1: Yeah, but then at the same time, I feel like I'm like my dad, and it's like, well, oh, my music was the best. And
0: <laughs> well, that's always how it's gonna be. Everybody gets older, everything changes. The next generation. And that's how your kids gonna think it's, about you. It's, it's all that's how it all is. Yeah, but I I do think there is timeless. You know, there's a reason why we talk about Plato and Socrates and uh, some of the great ancient thinkers. And uh, you know, you have Lao Tzu, and uh, you know, you can go back to any parts of the ancient world, and there's wise people that had interesting things to say and um you know well it's it's funny too like
1: i i i myself back in those times and to see how the people interacted and for some reason just because it's ancient i always feel like they were way more, way more serious so it would be interesting to go back there and just
0: see if it's it was like, just straight like bill serious. and teds you go back you yeah. a toga
1: yeah but <laughs> but did they talk like this did they have obviously they didn't well, talk, they did like, talk this, like this but did they talk like did they jest did they Hang out. Do well, they you have to think do that depends. Kind
0: of Early, I mean, the earliest forms of writing were, I think, cuneiform, 3400 BC. And then you have Egyptian hieroglyphs coming along at 3200 BC. Uh, and language was like a, the technology back then. So, where we might have like an iPhone now, that was the thing back then. And that you had to think that that's, you know, that really, really altered consciousness. Because we're not just talking like phones even though it's this crazy technology and tool you still have to use language through it right but imagine inventing language do you know what i'm saying like that's still like the main thing there that's the massive you know i think that that's why different cultures too have different you know takes and consciousnesses too is because different languages alter the way you think about things to some regard so
1: there's also there was also a way more serious atmosphere obviously you you kept saying earthquake earthquake so just to live i think now we have a lot we have a lot more free freedom we have houses we have food in the supermarkets and stuff like that so we can spend more time jesting we can spend Mm. more time hanging out and talking about whatever back then it was it was either eat or be eaten (laughs) (laughs) or avoid the uh the fire
0: xerxes yes yeah, z- or no, the earthquake. xerxes earthquakes or fires <laughs> choose your choose your choose poison. your adventure uh shout out to taz thank you so much um you've been a, a huge support and we love you i want to give a shout out to new patreon member azrael too shout out to you you're awesome we love you uh and shout out to all of our patreon members we love you all and uh, mm-hmm. shout out to sandy and the crew um and yeah i mean uh Again, I, I think that these are fascinating conversations and I love you know talking about this stuff and having a dialogue on these things. Uh but, you know, again, I think that we all just have to understand that everybody's got a different mindset and philosophy and cognitive biases and you know all these different things that affect them on a day-to-day, you know, basis, so we just have to be mindful of that and uh yeah. Well, we
1: dem- We pretty much demonstrated the exact same thing that we were arguing. Because you have one idea, I have another idea. So, it was a good um, portrayal I, I, of real but, life with that. But I, I, I accept but, your views, and I no. Appreciate but my your argument
0: views. was just that: where are something that's so prevalent? It has been so prevalent since the uh, dawn of civilization, you know, and it's been hu- hugely um, influential on who we are to this point where are these influences, these gods and goddesses and, you know, religions? And, like, where, where, where are these, where did these ideas come from? That's well, I don't think
1: I, you need to say God and goddesses. I think God, that's, that's the other p- portrayal of the word God. It means a man in the sky. I think God means an energy source. So it well, can't when be I say goddess or God. Well, God. It can't be a man or see, a woman. So you're thinking
0: now, you're only thinking monotheism. You're only thinking of people that believe in one God. There's tons of cultures that believe in multiple gods and goddesses. So...
1: But I still can. I still chalk it up to one essential energy source of them all.
0: Yeah, that's you. Again, but there's religions that still believe there's gods and goddesses and multiple gods, pantheon of gods. There's people, you know, this isn't something of the ancient days. This exists now. I hope you realize that. Oh, yeah. So, oh, I uh, do. So that's what I'm saying is, like, you're not right. It's the same thing what you were saying. So you're not for sure right. That's just your idea of it.
1: Right. But I could be right for my
0: own life. Well, that's just it, and that brings up a better question. Um, almost like relativism. Yeah. What are you doing right now? Are you wiping your screen or yeah, something?
1: Yeah, clean something off.
0: Yeah, you better clean up that face, dog. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, again, it's, that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. I'm just asking the questions here because I'm interested, and I would like to know what people think. I mean, if somebody's got a different take on this uh, conversation or debate, leave us a, a comment down below or find us on discord or uh, Twitter. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, let's wrap it up there. I well, actually, before we wrap it up, I just want to get your take. Um, I, I think the whole thing we were just discussing kind of ties into what we were discussing with the uh, megalithic structures and temples and why they built these structures and temples and who were these people that they built them for and things like that. I guess my take is really evolved since then. Um while we've definitely had more of an alternative mindset coming into this podcast, I think I've definitely found some sort of middle ground where I like some academic takes, some, you know, in the middle takes, some alternative takes, it just depends on the topic. Uh mm-hmm. but I think until you have the basis of what we actually know through science and archaeology and anthropology and then you mix that with, you know, s- you know some of the alternative stuff to find the blind spots within those fields. I don't think you can truly say that you have a full perspective or truth, uh, on these topics. So, I mean, a science is always going to science, you know, an alternative is always going to alternative. You just got to find your, if you're actually after truth, you can't just, you know, put all your eggs in any of those baskets. You have to, the science
1: is right until it's wrong and it's proven itself
0: wrong over and it's not wrong. It just evolves. It's that's the picture at, at that, moment. It can be wrong too you know people could put forth something that's wrong and then it gets debunked later on by other scientists or the timeline gets pushed back or you know they find new evidence for something else or you know those it's like gobekli tepe it was like a massive paradigm shift because the previous older stu- oldest stuff was like um you know the cave in malta that's 5000 years old or those tombs in france that are like 5000 years old you know like those were the oldest things previous to that and those are 5000 years after gobekli tepe so mhm I don't know. That's just... And the other idea I think about sometimes is are we the gods? Were there just humans that were uh, exemplary humans in some capacity or had some sort of creativity or uh, were excellent at something that they did where they were just immortalized? You know, that's, that's yeah, a Yeah, that's a good point because we immortalize a lot of these people in our society right now. Right. So that's another, you know, thing to think about. But, but again, I like to
1: go with the truth <clears> probably lies in between all of it because... If you immortalize somebody, let's say like a Paul McCartney or something, and then in a thousand years from now, he might be the god of music, something <laughs> like that. Because uh, what, like, think about what you what you have to go by. Obviously, now there's way more information and th- the internet. Well, and here's like my problem.
0: Here's my problem with that, though. All it takes is a solar flare, boom, done. Technology doesn't even matter. Anything no, that's I know, been recorded I'm or saying,
1: I'm, I'm saying, if someone chiseled into a rock, this guy is a god of like yeah. If they chiseled the into a rock, music, yeah, and then over time. People just heard McCartney and then they
0: associate him with being a god of music. Well, here's how I used to think about all this stuff. I used to just think they were building temples based on the myths. And I used to not even really think about where those myths came from. Uh, But you look at like the history of ancient Greece and you have the mythology uh, and you have like Homer and all that stuff. And then you have Thales, uh, who's the first philosopher come along And he says, no, 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 no. There's an actual natural explanation for this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, uh, you know, we can go through a lot of the stuff, but I think one of the things is Thales was able to take advantage of the situation because, for instance, he saw (sighs) during the rainy seasons that more olives would be produced, okay? People didn't really think about this before. So he went through the next time there was a rainy season and before the season was up, he bought all the olive presses. So he had all the olive presses. So when people needed to, you know, press the olives at the end of the, you know, the season, they had to come to him and he had all the machines. So that's That's him using, that's him using science and natural philosophy to take advantage of the situation. It wasn't because of Zeus or Demeter or whatever. It was because he knew that there was a natural explanation for it, you know, and there was things that he got wrong. I think he thought that Magnets had souls and they don't it's just magnetism. We know now, you know, but back Mm -hmm. then that's not a you know That wouldn't be that weird to think about but it's again. There's certain things that people evolve through thought over time so I Don't know I, I look at things like that But I look at like that transition from mythology to natural philosophy or science and I think that science can be super beneficial it is super beneficial in a lot of ways but I do think you need philosophy to balance it out because scientism is a real issue and you have people that think that just the scientific method is is where it's at or peer review but again the people that are doing those things are people too that do have cognitive biases themselves so you just have to kind of filter through all that as well yeah Um, but it is where we're at this is where we're at and uh i think that we've really evolved if you look at some of our first episodes which i cringe i can't even listen or watch them now but (laughs) Um, oh, they're,
1: they're a good time just, just relax but, but
0: that's the whole point of the show is to like evolve our thinking and thoughts and everything like that and i think that uh, again we got into this thing and started doing this podcast from like a spiritual and alternative standpoint and for me again i'm looking at all angles now i'm looking at the alter the academic stuff the alternative stuff the in-between stuff uh, anything that's interesting on these topics that somebody has something to say uh that has some sort of basis to it or is steeped in logic and reason I'm I'm all for it so yeah well let's wrap it up here uh again we have some amazing merch and shirts now in our uh mind escape t public store so you can either go to mindescapepodcast.com click on the merch button or I've the link down below as well um Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast for just $2 a month. You'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. Again, I just uploaded some, you know, with uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, uh, Laird Scranton, Matthew Clark discussing the Lucinian Mysteries. Uh, we uploaded one with uh, Laura, the Megalith Hunter, discussing Malta. So lots of great stuff up there. Is You know, there's way more stuff. I don't even know how many we have up there now. There's probably 50 or 60 segments by now, so... Go check that out. And uh, we are on Discord as well if you want to come find us on Discord. Uh, One more thing, head on over to indrasweb.org. It is live. This is a social media platform we created to connect open minds. So if you want to speculate, hypothesize, theorize about all the stuff we've been discussing, go check that out. And one more thing. We are giving away this t-shirt at the end of October. If you are interested, all you have to do is go to uh, our podcast on Apple podcast and leave us a five-star review, take a screenshot of it and send an email to mindescape at gmail.com. And I will submit you uh, for the giveaway. And uh, that is it. So great conversation. I'm glad Maurice talked towards the end. We, should, we need to get him a let Maurice speak t-shirt, which we, <laughs> we, we do have in the merch store. Yeah, baby. It's an outline of this guy. Yeah. And I will be creating one with sunglasses on that says Mystery Vibrations. (laughs) Um, So go check that out. But uh, we love everybody. Stay safe out there. And oh, we're going to do... So the Mysteries uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics 4.4 will be on all the other megalithic structures we've discussed so far on the show since the beginning. And then 4.5 will be Ancient Egypt. And then we'll move on to the other topics that, you know part five and part six will be on other things, not megalithic structures. So look for that, but uh, we love everybody. Stay safe out there and we will catch you next time. Peace. you going to say peace or peace. Yeah. <laughs>